ask yourself about you. Give me one reason to slay kids And I'll turn into a clown Give me one reason to slay kids And I'll turn into a clown You gotta come check out this rope trick Into the basement where you're bound Alright <laughs> Welcome to another titillating edition of Death Metal Man, this is a good one, buddy. They've been asking. They've been asking a lot. When are you going to do another serial killer? When are you going to do a big one? When are you going to get into something thick? Well, we're taking a big, fat, thick motherfucker on tonight. I'll tell you that much. John Wayne Gacy, buddy. <laughs> He's thick and he ain't got a big one. <laughs> man, I'm excited, man. We are about to dive into our second American-made <sighs> monster, John Wayne Gacy. Gacy is famous for murdering 33 boys by strangulation all in his Chicagoland home. You probably remember him most as the picture he painted of himself as Pogo the Clown, which is the alternate identity he made up for himself and then went on to perform at tons of kids' parties and volunteer events throughout the greater Chicago area, all the while murdering kids and young men. How about that, buddy? I've seen that painting in real life. I've seen, well, he made multiple ones, but I've seen sure. a real one that he Yeah, me yeah. too. I've been to Chicago. L&L Tavern, shout out to that. They got a bunch of them. They used to party, go there, in his pug with a clown uniform, and drink the sads away. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. That's a good feeling. I saw mine at the Museum of Death. Yeah. Dude, that, every bar in Chicago is so similar. Like, just the regular watering holes, you hit the streets, you walk into one of them, it's ten of the same people, there's two tables... A giant bar, and around the giant bar, everyone leaves each other plenty of elbow room to eat sausages, and then they just sit there every night after work and get tanked, just drink away all the depression of living in a cold, gray, Midwestern city. Endless fries, man. They don't have that. In Chicago? Yeah. They give you so many goddamn fries you can't finish Yeah, that's the fact. Bad food places. I'm talking about bars. Usually the food place is outside. You can bring it back in the bar. But, yeah, the South is wild, man. I guess it's like, you know, we're we're from the South. We're not in a big city. Everything's spread out. I couldn't imagine leaving work, going to a bar, but no one drives. They just get on public transportation. Yeah. So they go get hammered and then ride home to the wife and kids. And that is why everyone drinks there. Yeah, or they go home after they have a stop at Menards. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever thought about that name ever once. Yeah. What are they? It's like a Walmart type store, or is it Tool? What's a Menards, man? I know I've seen the sign. It's like a one? fucking Kroger, basically, dude. Yeah, is that where we got all them beers from that one time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man, I hate to implicate us in a crime, but <laughs> I'm sure the time has passed, man. One time we were over in Chicago, <laughs> the greater Chicago area, and there was a store. I believe it was Menards. It could not be. Menards is a hilarious name, so that would be what I would call it. What's hurting, Menards? <laughs> <laughs> and fucking Buddy goes in. And uh, he's like, hey, man, wait in the van. I'm like, cool. I just keep the van running, waiting for him. And I see him fucking coming out with four cases, 24-pack bottles of line kugels. <laughs> just walk smooth out the fucking door with him. <laughs> That's been so long ago, man. It feels good to remember it. Well, I'm happy to talk about Chicago. Before we get into John Wayne Gacy, of course, we'll need to talk some business with y'all. Chop it up for a second. Thank you guys so much for the continued iTunes reviews every week. That helps us climb up the charts, which we generally don't exist on. Somebody told me that they saw us at 199 at one point last week, but they didn't get a screenshot. And when I looked it up, I couldn't find it. I sure hope that's the case, but I would love to breach. And I don't understand how we don't. Maybe it's because when we first came out as a podcast, we had a penis for the magnifying glass handle. And as soon as Apple found out about it, because some other podcasts told on us. They pulled us down for a while. But we've never made it into new and noteworthy. Haven't uh, been charting or anything. It'd be cool to do it. And the only way you can breach into all that is if you get a lot of reviews. That's Apple's algorithm, not ours. If you do see us on the chart, just snap a screenshot of it because it changes by the hour. Send it to me. And uh, we'll rub it in everyone's face. Actually, we'll try to get sponsored by people with actual money. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, the iTunes reviews help so much. A five-star review on there, and then you can write whatever you want to. The writing helps, too, not just the stars. You can say, fuck Sam Talent. You can say, hail Dio. Mm, You can say Judas Priest is better than any other heavy metal band. That's a fact. That's a fucking fact. A goddamn fact, man. No one's even close uh, you can say that turnips don't taste that great without vinegar. Whatever you want. It just helps the ratings. And that's it. You don't have to make me and Buddy feel cool about ourselves. We appreciate you listening more than anything. Tell your friends. Guarantee all your metal friends probably don't even listen to podcasts. And if they do, it's the same old Joe Rogan sit-down interview. Talk about five subjects over and over again. They want to hear the weird metal shit you're listening to. Spread the word. Well, the you know thing what I mean? is, you know, whenever you're fucking bored and you're by yourself yeah. and you're like, man, I wish yeah. I could be hanging out with my friends right now. I don't want to say, I'm not sounding cocky. This is just a fucking fact. We are audible party, man. Yeah, we're your friends. You're we're just your like sitting around friends. with your buds. We're drinking wine right now because me and Buddy are on the ketogenic diet. So if you drink wine, allegedly... It's like a dry wine with less sugar in it, and it doesn't uh, affect your fucking Listen, insulin spikes. You know what I mean? You're fucking bored, and you're like, God damn it, dude. I want to party with my buds. Fire that shit up. Automatically, your house turns into a heavy metal treehouse. Yes. And we're fucking ripping. Yes. Riffs. Partying. Talking about killers. Yes. Talking about aliens. Yes. Talking about dick and butt sucks. Yes. It's not just for metalheads. Share us around. We appreciate that so much. We love you for listening. It really means the world to us. We started this as a goofy project, and it's blossomed into what we aspire to do. So thanks for that. Some of our kick-ass listeners have gone above and beyond reviewing us on iTunes and gone to patreon.com backslash deathmetaldicks. Patreon is a multi-tier monthly donation system where you can connect with us 
I've been working on a new idea to put out a weekly podcast. I was doing true crimes, but I'm going to nix that and just start talking about my week because I think that's way more interesting and then put that out to everybody on there. Which you, is true crimes. Yeah, yes, for sure. <laughs> you can get uh, you can get linked up with that and get that extra little podcast every week. Uh, you can also, the last two episodes we did, one of our patrons suggested the topic for us. If you get on a particular tier, you can tell us what serial killer you would like us to cover. So if you have somebody in your area that killed two or three people or one insane murder that you know about that nobody else does, you can sign up for our Patreon account and then tell us what the crime is. We'll investigate it and report it back to our audience and credit you for that. And if you want to hear us compare a crime to one of your favorite death metal songs, let's say you have a death metal band yourself. You got albums, you got songs, you want people to hear them. Well, if you become a patron, you can suggest any song to us and we will certainly play it at the top and bottom of our episode and compare it to a grisly true crime. So if you're into the podcast, you like what we're doing, just check out patreon.com backslash death metal dicks, see what we got going on and let's link up. Some people have been super cool and done one-time donations to us. You could go through deathmetaldicksgmail.com, PayPal, that's our handle on paypal you want to send us a one-time donation we're so grateful for a dime it's incredible it feels great helps us we drive an hour to record just all types of ins and outs expenses it costs money to host it it's all super appreciated we're not making money we're also trying to make merch things of that nature that's all and we appreciate you guys for doing that listening everything we love this we're making a community We're getting true crime fans, we're getting metalheads, we're getting horror movie fans, we're getting the people on the fringe, the outskirts of life, who don't belong to one particular scene and craft in our own community. I've noticed on our Instagram and people that personally add me on Facebook, which you're always welcome to do, please communicate with us on any form of social media you find us on, that a lot of people that have added me as a friend are also friends with other people that have added me as a friend as a result of the podcast, and that's beautiful. Uh, we're gonna put a, we're gonna make a Facebook group. It's just my time is extremely limited. I'll get on it tomorrow, and we can, uh, yeah, we need like a moderator, you know. And if you want to do it, that's fine. If it, we'll just add everyone you want to to it, we'll have our own place to get together, communicate. You guys can toss us ideas. We can talk about metal news, anything you want to. We'll pop that group up because, like I said, I've seen so many different people become social media friends with other people as a result of interacting with us. And that's beautiful. That's what we're trying to do. If you meet the love of your life through us, oh, well, Chris man. will marry you. I will. I married Buddy. He married me, man. And that video is up on our YouTube uh, and on Facebook, too. So. I don't think it's on YouTube. I think it's no? on... Uh, it's on Facebook, for sure. It's on Facebook. But yeah, I mean, I we I married Buddy in Corpse Paint. He did. <laughs> Scared the hell out of my father-in-law. And yeah, we can figure out a way to make that happen for you. We can come out and marry you. I would love a death metal dicks romance. That'd be incredible. Man, that'd be awesome. <laughs> well, man, I'm ready to start talking about John Wayne Gacy. You feeling it? I'm ready, man. Last week, how much do you think we drank of the wine box we had last week? Man. This is a new one. Okay, I think we had, I think there might have been... There's four bottles in this because remember I got correct. A, I got to jack you off because I was gotta wrong. You got to jack me off. Um, we had a bet. I was like, no, it's six bottles, and you're like, no, it's four. And I was like, if I'm wrong, I'll jack you off. If I'm right, you got to jack me off. And you're yeah, like, okay. And then it was four bottles. So I, yeah, on the way home tonight, I'll be jacking Chris off. <laughs> um, 
I'll try I, to come. But we had a half bottle <laughs> It's left. only polite. We had a half bottle left. Just a half bottle. Yeah, yeah. we pounded it. We I pounded. was hammered driving home. We're going to finish this shit. Man, we'll try. We sure will. It's going to take a lot to chase away the pain of the killer clown, Pogo the Clown. Big old fat gay John Wayne Gacy. There's no other way to frame it, man. <laughs> I know what kind of underwear he wears, too, dude. Ah, for sure, bro. BVD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's getting serious to me. Took my shirt in. Let me tuck my shirt into these BVs. John Wayne Gacy was John Gacy's son. Not John Jr., so don't get confused. I'm going to call him John Wayne when I talk about his dad. His dad is just going to be John or John Sr. Now, his mom and dad ended up having a total of four kids. Three sisters, one son. John was their second child. They had a daughter. Everything was cool with that. But man, oh man, John Sr. was one of those old school guys who had to have a son. You know what I mean? Someone to carry it along. Now, he was second generation Polish immigrant. So he had that mentality. You know, he came to America. He had had a taste of Poland in a harsh time. He saw the opportunities that were laid before him and he became totally embroiled in providing for his family, accumulating currency. And then the traditions of his home country, as far as a strong masculine lineage, gave him the desire to have a son right away. And they got that. March 17th, 1942, gave birth to John Wayne Gacy, decided to throw the Wayne in there because John Wayne was Marion Gacy's favorite actor. Isn't that cute? It's cute, man. Wasn't a lot of actors out there in 1942, but if you got to pick one, you got to pick a big old racist, square-backed motherfucker. Piece of shit, riding horses. You know that guy was a... Think about what a shithass... John Wayne was yeah, you like it, off the set because okay, here's the deal, man. Like people had wealth in those times. It was a good prosperous time. We were coming off of the world war two era. People were building a currency, but there was not money going around like there is today. You, if I, like when you think about America's wealth, you think about the 1% and then the 99% because the 1% are the greatest amount of wealth. Well, basically, in 1942, it was John Wayne and five other people that were the richest people in America, right? Does that sound fair? Like, he was definitely the highest tier of money in America. John Wayne Gacy was? No, dude. John Wayne, the actor. Oh, John Wayne. That's what I'm saying. He was a shit ass. Yeah, he That's was what I'm a shitbag. Like, yeah, he's just like, all right there. He never got out of character. It wasn't even a character. He didn't even fucking act. It's like Frank Sinatra was singing. Dude, Frank Sinatra... Never sang a song in his goddamn life. He was just like, hey, cunt, show me your pubes. Are they manicured or not? Twat. That's right. Twat. Let me see it. You're not very hot. Get the fuck out. That was every song that Frank Sinatra fucking sang. And then John Wayne was just that guy riding a horse, huh? That's definitely not what a faggot would do. So I'm doing it. Pretty much, yeah. You're going to kick these saloon doors open in and punch this queer in the teeth. Smoking Winstons. Yeah. Yeah, man. John Wayne sucked. And that's what he got named after because they wanted a hyper-masculine son. That's what they were looking for. They weren't rich. The Gacy family. They were modest. Regular, working class. Still in the 40s, if you were an immigrant, 
you weren't classically educated as far as America goes, but it was the rebuilding of a country. 1940s, middle of America, Chicago area. Um, his dad worked in a factory all the time, devoted to it. I'm sure that there was no overtime during this time period. It was just you're paid by the hour. How many hours can you work? Well, we'll keep paying you as long as you're here. So he basically lived at work, worked long ass hours. Mom would stay at home. They ended up, like I said, having two more kids, a total of four, three daughters, one son. Mom stayed at home, raised them all. That's similar to what uh, me and my wife did. I worked. She stayed at home with the kids. So the kids, you know, they really bonded with their mom. And I was home a lot, but the relationship's a little different because they're with their mom all the goddamn time from babyhood until toddlership. Once they started going to school, you know, it was about even now because they're in school all day. Yeah. Classic Americana shit. Now, Gacy Sr. is already having a problem with this arrangement because his only son is hanging out with three girls and the mom. So all day long, everything that they're doing is going to be more female-centric. It only makes sense. They're females. They've done the same thing their whole life. The majority weighs on them, so if the choice is, what do you want to do today? Guess what's going to win out? Sewing, crafting, gossiping, watching TV. And that's not to stereotype women into certain things. It's just it's the 1940s. You know, there's no TV. There's no internet. There's no video games. There's nothing to do inside. And, of course, handed down in the Puritan ideals is women are made to do housework. So that's what they're doing all the time. It's like a hobby for them. They love to sew. <laughs> Shit like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a good old time around the house. Now, Gacy Sr. had one day off a week, and he loved to fish. That was his shit. So when he had the free time, he would go out almost every single weekend and fish. And he, of course, would try to drag John Wayne along for the fishing trip because what did he want to do? have a masculine son that he could bond with and pass down the manly shit he was doing to the next in line. But John Wayne hated fishing. He wanted to be back home making a pretty dress with the crew. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't want to be outside in the hot sun smelling stinky fish. Do you ever try to grab a fish off a hook before? Oh, it's fucking... It's terrible, dude. I hate fishing. Hey, yeah, I mean, I don't hate it. I like the fish. I like the idea of it. I like the meat. It's not so bad... But everyone's like, man, it's no big deal. It's like, dude, it is because you got a floppy fucking mess on your hands. No matter what, no matter how professional you are, that thing is slipping and slapping around with its gills and trying to pull in a breath and just causing all types of heck. Man, I'd always grab the fish, and you know how you're supposed to unhook them a certain way? I'd just yeah. rip their fucking throat out. Because <laughs> I'd get frustrated <laughs> and be like, fuck! <laughs> like, he's going to die anyways. Yeah, that's true, man. You might as well take that boy out. I think you're trying. To, you're supposed to keep him the most fresh up until the time of cooking, but who gives a shit? You who know gives I mean? a fuck? <laughs> Captain D's is good. Hey, Captain D's, please! <laughs> Yeah, man, and uh, John Wayne also loved to work in the garden, man. That was his shit because they would just go out at a beautiful garden. That's typical 1940s shit. You have a house. You own the house. You want to make it beautiful all the way around. What's a fun thing to do? Get out in the fucking dirt, dig holes, and put flowers and shit in it, you know? He was with it, and that drove Senior insane. He didn't like that he was hanging out with the girls. He didn't like that he was into doing what he called sissy stuff. He didn't like that he didn't like the fish. All he wanted to do is get his son to be more masculine. 
Go to your room. I know you like. I love Lucy. You fucking fem. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love Lucy. I think that was in like the fifties. But you're right, dude. You're completely right. That was exactly what his dad was like. Yeah, he would work all day long. He would leave the house at five in the morning, come back at five in the afternoon. When he came back, he expected dinner to be ready. Of course, that's that fifties machismo. You better have my dinner on the table. It's meatloaf, mashed taters. Yeah, there was no instant meals at the time. It was just the same pounded out shit. I don't even think they had spices in that motherfucker around then. But she would have it ready every time. And then what he would do is get home, check the list. Yep, the dinner's done. I'm not going to beat my wife up tonight. Go into the basement and pound brandy. That's a weird thing to drink. Brandy. I thought you meant like one of his daughter's name was Brandy. He's fucking Oh, he's her. drinking her? I said drink. Oh, you said pound. You said he's oh, pounding yeah, Brandy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Brandy. You're getting your afternoon pounding. Take your pants off, whore. Are I'll you show you like what a real Polish. parenting's <laughs> like, pig. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> if you don't like that, I would tune out anyway because this John Wayne Gacy one is a hard ripper. Actually, the first one's not too bad. We're going through his childhood... We'll only hit his first two murders, and then from there, boy, does it get graphic. So, dad's downstairs in the basement, alienating himself, getting drunk. He wasn't going to come upstairs until he was properly inebriated, which, you know, if you start drinking, you don't want to stop until the fucking blood's flowing. You get hungry at a certain point because you're so drunk, it feels good to go get some food in you. And that's when he went upstairs. The problem is is that as we were discussing, this man is extremely critical of the behavior of his family. He's hard-nosed, he's old school, he doesn't want to see any bullshit. So once he's drunk and at the table, if he thinks anyone is acting out of line, he beats the shit out of him with a razor strap. Man, hey, I used to get my ass whooped with one of those things. It's got the two leather straps on them, man, where you, you sharpen a knife and whoop a fucking ass. Yeah, I mean, if you're not familiar, it's just a four times thicker than a belt, longer than a belt. What you would sharpen a straight razor on, if you're familiar with Looney Tunes, when Bugs Bunny is going to shave up Elmer Fudd. How does that? That happens in every single one that they're in. He but there's two straps on it. Is there? Yeah. I'm not familiar. It fucking sucks. I imagine so. You got beat up with everything. And I it got didn't my ass work kicked. at all. You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I got my fucking ass kicked. Yeah, people talk about spanking your kids and things of that nature. Should you do it? Should you not do it? I think we're well past it being cool to spank your kids now. Yeah. But the idea of it is absurd. I mean, I got spanked. Buddy got spanked. We're Look at how the fuck we ended up. Dude, I was out of fucking control. I thought it was hilarious to get spanked. I did too, man. I remember the last time I got spanked. And also, we were both racing. I always remember looking at my grandpa and going, what are you going to do, make me come? (laughs) (laughs) Me and Buddy were both raised by our grandparents because coincidentally... Our parents were party pigs and abandoned us individually. And then we were raised by different sets of grandparents. So when we would act out of line, they would do the good old-fashioned spanking. But they were all old and shit, dude. One time my grandma spanked me. So one time we went to vacation Bible school. I had a friend with me. She was starting to back up. I put my hand out of the side of the van and smacked the side of the van. And she goes, what was that? And I go, oh, my God. She's like, what do you mean? It's like, you just ran Tim over. It's like, what? I was like, Tim, you ran him over. She just started freaking out, dude, crying, screaming. I didn't mean to. I didn't see anything. I looked out of my mirror. 
And she jumps out to go look, and she came back, and we were laughing so fucking hard, and she was like, you'll see when we get home. And then I was like, oh, shit. So we get home, and she's like, all right, bend over the couch, pull your pants down, and I just started busting up fucking laughing, dude. And she was like... 50-something years old, dude, and she spanked me. And I mean, I was, I was probably like nine, dude. I remember getting out of church and be like, was I good enough for us to go to Luby's? <laughs> you did that math. You had to get fat rewards, man. God, that was the same fucking way, dude. Yeah, it was like nothing worked. You couldn't discipline me enough. But if I was good in particular situations, I would get rewarded with some fat-ass treat, dude. Like, oh, you want to get a push-up pop? Oh, you want to go out to eat tonight? If you just act good, we'll take you to get what you like. (laughs) Spankers don't work, and you never recover from food That's how I got fat. Yeah, no shit, man. That's exactly what happened. They just, instead of loving me, they just fucking fooded me. You're fat fuck. (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't want to shut this fuck up for a while. Just plowing full of food. Dude, we used to have biscuits and gravy... And cereal for breakfast. Oh, yeah. Both. I mean, I would come upstairs and I, mean, yeah. I would want both of those things. And she would be like, oh, well, I made gravy and biscuits. Do you want that or do you want cereal? And But I would want a bowl of honeycombs. And I'd be like, you know, I'm still hungry. And then get a fucking plate of that. And then ship off to school. Just fired the fuck up on every carbohydrate and sugar possible. And I would raise hell for hours until I crashed and they gave me food at lunch. And then I would steal chocolate milks till I get all spiked up again. <laughs> Run a goddamn man, rampage. I know that you did the same shit, but I was the same motherfucker. I would go to you and go, you want that? And shove my fucking fist in your food. <laughs> <laughs> Eat it. Right? And slobber over. <laughs> That's Thanks. always a good move. Or like walk up and sneeze on somebody's tray. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. It, they had, you had even insurance on that. They could just go tell the lunch today, he sneezed on my tray. And I, I would be like, hey, I'll challenge. chew a piece of gum that's underneath this table. Oh, yeah. You if you give me the nachos <laughs> so I can dip my corn dog in it. You did that into your adulthood. I remember that. Oh, man, I'm all like, about Vaguely, that. yeah. You would do exchanges to get free food. Remember that one time we went out to eat at a Chinese buffet and you didn't have any money? And we didn't figure it out until halfway, so I made a concoction that you had to drink, which was like beer, soy sauce. So much wasabi, sweet and sour sauce, spit, Chinese mustard. It was everything. Like every liquid that could be put into a cup. And you Except slammed it. Pee and butt. <laughs> yeah, there was no pee, no cum. You slammed it. And we started to leave and you said, oh, I'm going to be sick. So we pulled over to church and you projectile vomited all over that church, man. Dude, that was cool as fuck, that man. That was the start of my fucking Satanism, dude. I was still about, I was all about the Lord, too, man. And we barfed on a van and I was like, there ain't no coming back. All right. Anyway, man, back to the Gazy house. That's the type of shit that he was trying to avoid, raising these kids this way. And, of course, you know, it was a totally strained relationship. He was all the way in with his mom, all the way out with his dad, and that just drove his fucking dad crazy because he wanted to instill the masculine machismo into his only son. The most manly thing that John Wayne did is he would absorb the punishment for the rest of the family. If someone else got in trouble, he would try to outact them to catch the spanking, and he wouldn't cry, ever. He learned how to deal with the punishment, the yelling, the beating, Suck it all in. That's usually typical of an older kid. Was he older than the rest of us? There... No, he was a second born. Was he the only boy? How did you not pay attention? Yeah, dude, we talked about okay. both these things. <laughs> so, it's a, yeah, I forgot. But it, it's a good summary of the podcast. It's been 20 minutes and this dipshit is already off in space. I'm already drunk, but I'm just saying it's usually <laughs> typical of an older kid right. or a boy. Sure. Yeah, but yeah, he, he absorbed it. 
But, you know, that's the psychopath shit coming in. No tears. He never cried. And he was a he was effeminate. He was like a sensitive kid, but didn't cry. You know what I mean? Not only in punishment situations, but just period. He learned how to overcome tears. And unfortunately for John Wayne, his trouble didn't stop at home. No one to relate to in the house except females. When he was in the outside world, he wanted to play with the other boys, which is what his dad wanted to do. His dad would force him outside for hours at a time, but John Wayne was a sickly kid. He missed tons of school being sick all the time. He had an enlarged heart, and the valves that went into his heart were smaller than even a normal heart. So what would happen is the heart would try to pump all that blood through his body. He had nowhere to go, so he would faint. He would be short of breath all the time. If he tried to even jog at 20 feet, he would be out of breath. So he couldn't climb trees. He couldn't wrestle. Uh, he has a particular instance that was super embarrassing to him. All the neighborhood kids got together and they were wrestling. And he started to wrestle with somebody and he immediately passed out. And then the kids made fun of him for that forever. You know how it is when you're a kid. Especially then when there's no internet to get on and make yourself look cool. You're just a pass out kid. Forever. You know what I'm saying? That's you. That's your entire identity. We had this girl named Candace that pissed her pants in second grade and nobody forgot no dude i moved away from that town in like fifth grade forever never went back and i met somebody doing a show like two hours away from there that grew up in that town and we were talking about they remember me of course because that's what happens when you're like a super small town you remember everything because you have nothing else going on and Literally, the first thing they said to me about school was like, hey, man, you remember Candace that pissed her pants in second grade? And I was like, yeah. He was like, dude, she never recovered from that. Guess what she's doing now? I said, what? He said, living in a trailer, banging meth. Here's <laughs> <laughs> what she's doing now. <laughs> banging meth, dude. In a trailer. <laughs> banging meth. He said that uh, everyone in high school fucked her. Yeah, man, meth. But that's what led her down that road, pissing her pants one time in school. Life totally ruined. It's all over with. Now she's a Midwestern statistic. I like this story. <laughs> all right, man. Cool. <laughs> those, are those, those are the type of ladies that, you know, they come over and they're like, I don't got no money. I can't pay for these drugs. I want you to gag me with your cock. You know, I'm good for pissing. <laughs> But yeah, and it, you know, he was tortured by the kids. He was, again, effeminate, around women all the time, passing out, couldn't do any sports, couldn't breathe, always going home from school sick. And it, his dad would just force him to be outside. I mean, dude, in the I would grew up in the '90s, and my grandparents made me be outside all the time. I mean, in the '50s, you had no Nintendo, no nothing, not shit. There's nothing to do inside, zero. So everything's outside. In the 90s, I wanted to come in, fucking play Nintendo, watch cartoons. I wasn't allowed to. I was forced to be outside all the time. One Dude, when I was nine years old, the neighborhood bully, he was like 22, and he was still in high school. He had a car, and he patrolled. The, he had a car and rode the bus. Think about that shit. He was a fucking moron living in this small community I lived in. One day, he came over to my house, and usually if he came over and one of my friends were there, we would throw rocks at him and just keep him away from us by smashing him with fucking rocks. You know what I mean? He couldn't yeah. get close to us. We would rock him up. I couldn't do it by myself, 
So he gave me a proposition. He said, all right, here's what you're going to come over to my house. I was like, all right, man, cool. I go to his house. His sister's over there. His sister is the same shit. She's a giant mongoloid. She's like 14, but she looks like she's 82. She's just a fucking withered, giant mass of terror. And I'm in the garage with them, and he's like, here's what's going to happen. We've been huffing gas. You ever huff gas? I'm like, what do you mean huff gas? He's like, you put your mouth over this. You suck in as hard as you can until you can't do it anymore. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. It stinks. He's like, no, you're going to either huff gas or I'm going to kick your ass. So I go, fuck. That's our good friend. Yeah, I try to work my way. (laughs) (laughs) I try to work my way out of it. He's listening to Kid Rock, the oh, first yeah. album. Yeah, man, dude. Hey, and they're rollerblading around and shit. And I thought we were just gonna have a good old rollerblade time, but nope. So I have to pick: Am I gonna get beat up by a twenty-two-year-old, or am I gonna huff gas? I huff the gas, and I get blacked out out of it. And then his fucking sister kicks my ass anyway. And I went home and told my grandparents <laughs> the entire story. <laughs> they knew the whole thing was true. She put you in the face while she's doing skip it. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> like kicking your ass. Nah, she beat me up to fucking, I'm a cowboy. Damn. I remember the whole thing. I told, I ran home crying, told my grandparents about it after I calmed down. And then uh, I was sitting in my room like 20 minutes afterwards. And they go, what are you doing? And I said, I'm just watching Nickelodeon. And they go, get out of the house. It's Five o'clock. <laughs> they made me leave the fucking house again. Hey, man, ball with the ball is the fucking heaviest breakdown. Yeah, it's hard. Ridden. I'm with it. I understand. It fucking is, but, man. But uh, you can understand why I can't connect with it because that was playing at a time that I got completely violated by the neighborhood bully yeah, family. Yeah. And then I was forced to go back outside. So imagine in the 50s, parents just didn't want you around at all because they had nothing to do to distract themselves from you. His dad hated the whole thing. When he was in high school... John Wayne Gacy's only interest is he would help print the school newspapers. He learned to run the entire machine. He came up with a plan that that was going to be his future. That's a respectable career. Yeah. At the time, printing newspapers. I mean, that's the number one media source. It's a good job, respected profession, but it was hot in there and he kept passing out. So the school made him stop and he came home to his dad. His dad's like, oh, what do you have another gay heart attack? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and John Wayne is like <laughs> yeah, It's a different kind of heart attack you know, It's, it's kind of gay, gay. Yeah. So whenever you seize up You throw your fucking hands down And you fucking feeble <laughs> And then you know John, On top of that John Wayne He had tried to take girls to dances He tried to go on a couple of dates But it just didn't work out You know, He just knew something was different about him And his dad hated him and after he got kicked out of the newspaper laboratory, he just dropped out of school at 16. Got the I'm, fuck out of there. I'm whenever we this this point comes up, I'm, when I give you my argument about why I don't think he's gay, I want you to remember this specific part. Okay. I mean, he says he's gay. Yeah, but I don't think he why is. Why are you even bringing it up? I'm just saying we will, we'll get to it. All right. We'll thanks, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so he drops out of school. He's got nothing going on. He works several jobs. Now... John Wayne Gacy is very motivated. And what happens with this type of person who has a strained relationship with especially their father, one of their parents where they have expectations and the kid could never meet them. That gets this complex where nothing's ever good enough. And some there's some good things about that. It's not coming from a good place, so it makes it not great. 
mentally from where he's coming from, but there is a certain type of motivation that comes from trying to impress your dad and your dad's not having it. I mean, when I was grappling all the time, I had an old school coach named Billy Robinson and he just would never tell you anything was good. And the ideology behind it is that if he ever says something's good, you won't try to do it better anymore. You'll settle on that. And I'm with that shit, but yeah, you know, he's beating his kids up being a terrible dad, making fun of the kid for being effeminate. He's a terrible father. That's the difference. Right. That's the difference. Correct. So. Shut up. Don't even go down that road. I'll yeah. fight you right now. No, and you, the, <laughs> you I definitely will. Are you kidding me? You, you know exactly what happened. I will good. strangle you. You might, man. Stomp you. There's no bite. There's a. We've been down. Come on, dog. What are you talking about? Hey, I'm just telling you. You just You're wait. not telling me shit. Wait for what? Just shut the fuck up. <laughs> but it's bad parenting. I'm so instead your dick of dick when I jack it <laughs> off after there's fucking four <laughs> bottles of wine that we argued over. Well, you've drank three of them, so that's probably gonna happen. Yeah, fuck it will. <laughs> <laughs> there's a difference between positive encouragement. You don't have to tell someone good job every step of the way. I believe in that. I think if you praise people for menial tasks and continuously build them up over every little thing, then they don't appreciate actually doing good. I understand it, but nothing was ever good enough for John Wayne's father. So John Wayne has this complex where he constantly has to achieve more and more. He's got to be the best at everything he does, but it's coming from a bad place. So he's a real weirdo about doing it. It's not like you're just going out, working hard, trying to achieve your goals You're being creepy and doing everything you can on every avenue to get done what you need to get done, which is a common trait of a psychopath. All they care about is themselves, but they don't have the tools in their mind to be aware of that. They don't know what they're doing. They know that they are trying to further themselves, but when a regular person like me or you tries to get ahead in life and we see an obstacle. Maybe you have a job that I want. We work together. I know you. I could lie and say, Hey, this guy touched my dick. I told him, no, he kept touching it. Anyway, I told him to stop. He didn't give a shit. I couldn't do anything about it. And then I came everywhere and just have goop all over my pants. I could do that. That's the forecast of tonight's ride. home. (laughs) (laughs) And you could do that and get someone fired from their job by doing some creepy shit like that. Or you could just continue on your path, work hard, and achieve goals by being a good worker. A psychopath would take the first route. And they wouldn't think about it like they would never go back and say, man, I got this cool job, but I did some scummy shit to get here, right? They would simply roll with that. This is how it happened. I'm the best. I got here by my hard work. But their hard work was some underhanded shit. That type of personality coupled with how his father was set up his whole adult life. When he was 22 years old, he got a job as a shoe salesman. He was great at it. Al Bundy style. Close to Chicago, middle of America there. Al Bundy style. Playing the football in high school, but not. And he moved 100 miles away, busting his ass, selling shoes. Number one shoe salesman for the entire company. Kicking fucking ass at selling shoes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He started volunteering a ton. He was making good money. All of his free time, he would try to work with local Democrat politicians, work with the poor in the community, anything he could. 
But the condition with John Wayne Gacy, everyone that knew him in his young life said, yeah, he would do anything for any volunteer organization, homeless kitchens, politicians, food drives, as long as it made him look good. It may, as long as he was mentioned, he would specifically go out of his way to make sure the person in charge included his name and everything that got done, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But coming again from the place that he's coming from, you can see how he's trying to build himself a ladder. You're building yourself a resume so that whenever somebody goes, oh, you fucking kill kids? Mm. Nah, man, I'm pretty cool. Yeah, man. You ever seen my stats before, brother? And around this time, which is 1964 in February, he begins dating Marilyn Myers. She's a rich girl that works with him at the shoe store. And they end up getting married just seven months later in September in 1964. And the next year, she gets pregnant. And Gacy, on all accounts, is super excited about having a kid. He is talking to his family on a regular basis. His father is very excited that he's having a child. I mean, he's living a a regular man's life. He's making good money. He's married a woman in the same field of work that he is in who's making good money. And she's from a pretty good family. And now they're going to have a kid. The American dream. It's all panning out. Gacy's doing as good as he can. So his family's all about it. He's all about it. Her baby is due February 24th, 1966. She's in the hospital through the whole nine month pregnancy. She's ready to pop this thing out. You know what I'm saying? First kid. I was there. You came to the hospital the next day after I had my first kid. I mean, it was crazy. I was there. No? I was in the nut house. Oh, that's that's right, man. I, I forgot all, all about fucked that. Fucked up you on were. drugs, and I thought I was crazy, and you, you locked me the fuck up. Stand out, couldn't see my first kid, man. <laughs> <laughs> I called you though. That's hilarious. I was that's like, true. Hey, man, I'm sorry, bro. Right, so yeah, I mean, we, your second kid though, I was there when we had our first kid. He, uh, my wife. I mean, I was there the whole time. Like, you wouldn't leave. Like, as soon as she was like, I think I'm gonna have this kid. The doctor knew the approximate day. We went to the hospital. I was there for like four days. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Didn't go anywhere. Didn't, I mean, like anxious on edge there the whole time. Well, old John Wayne goes on a mandate. Him and another coworker at the shoe store go and get hammered while she's in labor. They go back to the dude's place. They both pass out. John Wayne wakes up naked and is like, what the fuck just happened? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We got hammered last night. Came back to his place and then had a suck-off party. Damn. That's right. They both got hammered, went back to the dude's house, sucked each other's dicks. Woo-wee! Living it up! My thing is this, man. You don't get your dick just sucked. Okay. You ever just getting your dick sucked and not fucked? Yes! So many times. What are you talking about? I don't think I have. (laughs) Yeah, but you didn't bone until you were like 22. 21. (laughs) <laughs> right? no, no. here's the thing man what a great distinction <laughs> it's a whole year man it's a different it's yeah different. man it's a lot different dude 21 to 22 is a big and stretch and I still would know? rather I mean, that's a whole year I still sometimes think back at that time and yeah. think wow I got my dick sucked hey well fuck me up though <laughs> yeah. man is, a, is uh, I got my fucking ass ate too the first time the first time oh, man it's all coming together baby you know, what happens with most people is that during their adolescence, they're having sexual experiences. 
and the things that happen to them during their adolescence begins to mold and shape how they end up sexually as an adult. Well, you had no sexual experiences during your adolescence. And then early adulthood started fooling around. So yeah, the first thing that happened to you is you got your ass ate. I mean, that's wild. It was real wild. It was, man. It was, <laughs> it was a great time. You just asked if we'd ever had our dick sucked and not had sex. I mean, yes, so much. I wanted to, for sure. Yeah, but I mean, if you had the option, you wouldn't have. You would have fucked. Yeah, definitely. All, One's way better than the but other. But see, my, my, man, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't. Never mind. All Never right. Mind. Jeez. Never mind. Coding it out like someone's going to be listening in to your sex life. Uh, I don't even, oh yeah, so, but yeah, they, <laughs> they, they sucked each other off. These two dudes got hammered, sucked each other's dicks as one does. You can't get head as a man and then not reciprocate to the man that gave you head. That's just the way it works. It's a full circle. You got a dick. They got a dick. You like to get your dick sucked. They like to get their dick sucked. That's a polite but circle. But you got a bit. butthole and they're going to fuck it. Yeah, but not on this particular occasion. They're just sucking it off. Maybe. Mouth and some meat. God Damn, why did it have to be the day that she was having a baby? He was lost in time. He just rushed to the hospital as soon as he woke up and collected his thoughts to see his firstborn son, Michael Gacy, and acted like nothing happened. Never acknowledged it. Never came up. And by all accounts, John Wayne Gacy was a great father. Again, John Sr. is over the moon. Everything's going great for John Wayne. Good job. Beautiful young child. Finally has a great relationship with his dad, which is all he wants. It's all coming up, John Wayne. His wife, Marlene, is an heiress to the Kentucky Fried Chicken Corporation. Her dad... Fancy bitch, man. ...owns so many KFCs... And it comes to fruition that he needs a manager in Waterloo, Iowa. So in 1966, shortly after their first is born, a 24-year-old John Wayne Gacy moves to Waterloo to manage one of his father-in-law's KFC. And God damn, is he a crazy asshole at work. You think you got this guy who's got a complex where he has to impress all the men in his life He's got a complex to where he has to be the best at his job and he's a closeted, at least bisexual. He's wilding out at KFC. He gets so horny over being in charge. You ever, you, we've all had a fast food job. You ever work with that dude that has to be right about everything? Yeah, but at the fast food job. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like at the end guy. of the day, look, man. What we're doing is taking pre-battered chicken and pre-made food and dropping it in hot oil until it beeps and then pulling it out and giving it to people at a fast rate. And you're out here acting like we're in the goddamn marshes of Vietnam and it's got to be 100% right or someone's going to die. Relax. Relax. He makes the people he works with call him Colonel. You hear the thunder? Yeah, like right as I said it. Man. Even God knows how ridiculous that is. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's me there. I'm John. Uh, John Wayne, actually. You should call me John Wayne. Actually, you should call me Colonel John Wayne because here we are at a KFC. 
Kentucky Fried Chicken. And you know what? It so happens that I should be in charge. And you know who actually owns the corporation is the man who's in charge of it all. Colonel Sanders. Colonel. <laughs> <laughs> Colonel Sanders. What, that's my fucking belly button's name, Colonel. <laughs> Man, this thing's turned hey, off. You know what it is? You know what it is? I'm gonna internalize my feelings. You so. know what's? <laughs> it, you know what's always perfect though, fast food wise. What? No, never gets fucked up. Popeyes. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. Popeyes is way better, but I don't think it's been invented yet. But yeah, dude, he's running amok. Every, I mean, every food job you've had. Think about the person you hate the most, who's 100% serious about making six bucks a fucking hour. That's John Wayne Gacy. He's a real piece of shit. Everyone hates him. And he loved it. Loved every minute of it. He loved being in charge. He loved being in control. He loved making people call him colonel. Loved telling people that the extra crispy wasn't extra crispy enough. Loved knowing 11 out of the 12 original recipe spices. Loved going to work. He would work 16-hour days. For no reason, and then he started doing this organization called the Jaycees. So he would work still 70 hours a week and then make only time, not for his wife and child, but for the Jaycees, which is the United States Junior Chamber. By their definition for themselves, it's a leadership training civic organization for people, mainly men, between 18 and 40. Their mission was to provide young men opportunities to develop personal and leadership skills through service to others. In other words, hot, sticky man sex. Yeah, man. Fry this chicken. Live it up. I hate your motherfucking guts. Loving every minute of it. 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 Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Gacy... (laughs) Became to be the MVP of the Waterloo Jaycees. First year out the gate, everyone loved him. He devoted so much time to the volunteer organization. And again, it's just a group of dudes hanging out, hobnobbing with each other, trying to figure out how to get ahead in life. What the fuck is hobnobbing? Hobnobbing is where you rub elbows with a bunch of fucking ding-dongs trying to get a different career. Or rub ding-dongs with a whole bunch of elbows. Yes, that's <laughs> <laughs> way more like the case. <laughs> he became membership chairman with his, in the first year, which means he was in charge of gathering members. And he set records. Everyone in charge was blown the hell away with how good... Gacy was at recruiting members. What he would do is rent cheap hotel rooms at the Clayton House Hotel and he would show potential members stag films for jerk-off parties and even hire prostitutes for orgies. And he would call these meetings new member screenings. And everyone there would be like, hey, hey John, why you always sucking dudes off instead of banging hookers? And John would be like, well, on account of my can-do attitude and love of volunteering for the community, I use my mouth to get their rod rock hot and put it in the stripper. All right. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, that's a good, yeah, that's a good recruitment. He was so good at this shit, he signed up 20 dudes in one night. Could you breathe on a dude's dick and just get it hard without sucking it? Or could you get your dick breathed on and get it hard and then... By a dude? Yeah, and just not, no. even, not even like get it sucked, but get it breathed on. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you even asking me this? I need to know. <laughs> I don't think so. I'm breathe on you. 
<laughs> You're a good friend, man. <laughs> and as it turns out, his wife Marlene was a freak too. And they were swinging, swinging. I can't believe the Gacy's would go out and then swing. They were swinging. This is the coolest swinging. musical that's ever been, man. <laughs> Unplanned. <laughs> They were doing so much sex in the community, John Wayne Gacy's sister came to visit them. They go out to a bar, and they're like, Hey, Karen, we got to tell you, sometimes we like to go home with other people. And she's like, Oh, John, you're so funny. You're always making jokes. But then John and Marlene each go separate directions from the bar with strangers. <laughs> so he takes his sister back to his house with some girl that he picked up at the bar and makes his sister listen to him pound a stranger. Pounding brandy. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like when dad was pounding brandy, eh, Karen? What a wild Yeah, and, and you know what's weird is during the time, everyone knew John Wayne became a fucking freak. Like I said, recruiting new members... The JCs didn't care because he was bringing people in. And he was bringing them in with orgies, stag movie parties. And he would tell everybody that him and his wife were swingers. They would just go out and fuck the whole town. They didn't care. He was doing so good. They actually ended up making him the vice president of the JCs and man of the year, 1966. And his wife gets pregnant. And they have their second kid, Christine Gacy, in 1967. You think it was John's? Who knows? It could be like me, man. I was thinking about it today, man. I uh, did you say it could be like me? Yeah, man. So like, <laughs> so like, my mom told me who my dad was, but I don't think it's him because we don't look anything alike. But I think my mom was Correct. just getting fucking stuffed by a bunch of dudes at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so I got all you kinds just have a hodgepodge. Yeah, I got all, yeah, I got all kinds of features, man. I got Jerry Springer at the. When I was birthed, man, I mean, like, luckily, I'm, like, I get good eyebrows, too. I never have to get a wax. I don't have to shave that Hey, shit. if you're a doctor, again, let's ask for some more medical. Get back to us, because I would like to know. I feel like I definitely already know the answer, but if you were on the receiving end of a gangbang and a bunch of dudes shot in you in one night, could you perhaps take on two different DNAs? I'm certain you can't, but if you know something different than me, please reach out to us, deathmetaldicks at gmail.com with information that we may not be aware of. I don't care about what the pussy looked like during the gangbang, because we all know. It's your mom's? I guess. I mean, who cares? But like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, does it look like a bulldog eating mayonnaise? Sure. Yes. It definitely does. Yeah, man. You know when you... I'm Okay, so let me ask you this question. Have you... It, have any, Have you been with anyone that's been on birth control? Sure. Have you nutted inside them raw? Yes. Have you kept going? Sure. And you know that frothy effect? Yeah. It is like a bulldog eating mayonnaise. For sure. So, let's say you nutted inside of her, pulled out, but you got a couple of pals trying to come through. And they also go inside of your cum. Well, they just use my cum as lube? Yeah. Well, that's, that's what, what we're talking about here. That's what I'm wondering is if... You know, 
That's how, a, like which one? I mean, I would assume you have a way greater chance of being impregnated if there's four loads swimming around inside of you. What I'm wondering is, is there a rare case where two sperms could get into one egg and then produce a multi-fathered child? This is the real Pepsi challenge. That <laughs> is not even in the realm of what the Pepsi challenge is when you take two different sodas, someone tastes them both and decides this one's Coke or Pepsi. Well, there's also many different colas in the world, and you can try different ones to try to figure out which is which. So you can have up to five different sodas, which is like five different cocks. You know, it's kind of like a, is this a Miracle Whip or is this fucking mayonnaise? But All right. <laughs> this is terrible, man. I really wish we weren't talking about this right now. <laughs> I need to know my origins. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Gacy's doing things in the community. There's sex freaks. The problem is that at home, especially after that second kid, their marriage is falling apart. The thing with John Wayne is that he is definitely way more attracted to teenage boys than he is adult women and adult men. He's more attracted to adult men than he is adult women, but his main thing that gets him real hot is teenage boys. Now, to me... I got to assume the reason why he's into teenage boys is because he had such a terrible teenage life himself with his father bearing down on him, calling him a sissy all the time. And what with also being attracted to boys, that is just a hodgepodge for kind of being stuck at that age. That's the type of thing that turns you on is that you again are becoming a sexually active adolescent. This is how your life is going. This is what you think about most of the time. So when you're horny, and in the back of your mind, all you can think about is how your father hates you because you're an effeminate boy. I could see where if you were attracted to boys, you could be attracted to that type of boy. And that could stay stuck with you moving forward. Well, here's the thing, too, man, is uh, I know that his dad bought him a car mm-hmm. and told him that he would have to make payments on it. Would also keep the keys from him, do all this other shit. Eventually, he got tired of it. When he became of age, he fled to Las Vegas. So being a teenager, and your dad's always calling you a fag, a gay, whatever else. So you see that, and you're like, "That's some." My dad hates that. I yes. gotta please my dad. I hate everything about that shit. Right. So when you see gay kids walking around, and you your dad hates them, in turn you hate them. Well, he doesn't seem to hate them to me because boy, oh boy, is he horny for boys. He invites over a 14 year old Donald Voorhees. He knows Donald because his father is a JC, and his father is also an Iowa State Senator. Gacy brought him over to his house, showed him a stag film, and got him drunk. When you're 14, that sounds like a ripping ass time. You're seeing some fucking, you're having some drinks with a cool guy with a mustache that knows your dad. Dad's got lots of friends. He's a state senator. A lot of politics is rubbing elbows with different dudes, cool ass dudes. And then also at JC, same thing. It's an organization where men meet. So there's nothing unusual going on yet. And he gets him hammered drunk, shows him the stag film and starts doing predator shit. And eventually he makes Donald Voorhees perform oral sex on him. Once the deed was done, he told Donald Voorhees that back in Chicago, he had mafia connections. So if Donald tells anybody, he can have him, quote-unquote, taken care of, and no one's going to believe him anyway. So he needs to shut the hell up about it if he doesn't want to be killed by the mob 
And if he comes out and tells someone, no one's going to believe him. So why go through the heartache? And then on top of that, Gacy gives him $50 to shut the hell up about it, which in the 1960s is a ton of cash for a fucking 14-year-old. And, you know, this completely ruined the kid. It's over. It's all over. You know? Um, a heavy subject. We've talked about it before. It's happened to both of us. When any type of sexual trauma happens in your life, it can ruin you ostensibly forever, but certainly for the time being. You're not going to act the same. Nothing's going to be the same for you. You're not going to be able to go about your day-to-day life and be the same pleasant 14-year-old full-of-life child that you were starting the next day, you know? People are going to notice there's something going on, and I, you know, people could put it off as always oh, just have a mood swing, something like that. But his parents are inquisitive. I mean, it's a good family. His dad's a senator. They're really in tune with each other. So March of 1968, Voorhees goes ahead and tells his parents everything. His parents immediately press charges on Gacy. Gacy gets arrested and they charge him with sodomy. Gacy calls the kid a liar and insists to the police that he's not done anything wrong. Give me a lie detector test. Put me up to that lie detector. I'll prove to you that I didn't molest any kids. Give me the lie detector test. So they do. They give it to him. And then a running joke with the police officers is the only honest answer he had was his name. That's it. Everything else he completely lied about. Wow. At this time, other kids started coming out. He's under investigation. Words getting around town. 10 to 20 different kids are telling their parents who are telling police officers in the court that they were also molested by John Wayne Gacy. So shit's falling apart. He knows it doesn't look good for him. So when he gets to court, he pleads guilty to sodomy, but claims Voorhees was a willing participant at 14 and then just tried to blackmail Gacy with the information. The judge is not going to buy that shit, especially in the 1960s in Chicago. I'm sorry, Iowa. Fuck that, John Wayne Gacy. You're in deep shit. He gives Gacy the maximum sentence. Ten years in prison. Gacy goes to prison. December 1968. Almost Woodstock time. Summer of love. People are partying. Taking acid in California. Being weird. While he's sitting in prison. And of course, Gacy is taking his networking skills. Taking his... Talking to people, getting his way to the top, straight to prison. Makes friends with everybody. Within eight months of being in prison, he became the head cook. And this is one of my favorite chapters of horrible people in history. I think at this time, wasn't he in uh, Menard's Institutional Prison? <laughs> no, no, like for real, he no. was in Menard's, no, dude. No, he's not. I got the name of it here. It's not Menard's. <laughs> but I wish it was. <laughs> Menard's got me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Damn Menard's making me say the wrong type of jail. And again, I love this shit. The entire prison loved him. He's like a goddamn celebrity chef. He's like Emerald Lagasse just wafting around prison Inmates still rant and rave in all the interviews about John Wayne Gacy present day about the damn prison food he made. You got this goofy Kentucky Fried Chicken manager transforming into an iron chef using spices. That's what they all say. He didn't do what the typical prison staff did. He would try new recipes and he knew how to use spices. He was like the guy from Ernest Goes to Camp where he made that fucking... Eggs erroneous. 
And if Gacy would have 100% been on shock, telling him, well, you guys, if I win the money, I'm going to use it to buy a better place to rape and kill more boys. Wow, John Wayne, that sounds harsh, but gee whiz, what a delightful demiglass you've made today. Yep. <laughs> and what's funny is, right before Christmas in December of 1969, the local news station comes and does a segment about Christmas in Angosa Prison. So John Wayne Gacy is the main star of it, and he talks about, yeah, well, you know, they come in here for the Christmas meal. We cook tons of food. Everyone that's here gets to eat as much as they want. The only catch is you got to eat what you take. You can't take more than you can eat. That's the rules. And then they... That <laughs> <laughs> shit's so funny, dude. That's can, the rules. Yeah, you can find it on YouTube. It's hilarious. Said a fucking uh, security guy at a strip club in New Orleans one time. He goes, I like your shirt. He's like, and I like your shoes. You're wearing Jordans. You can get in for free. That's the rules. And I told him, I said, the pear-shaped shirt fits, and it's also the same color. That's the rules. <laughs> <laughs> Boys built like a pair. <laughs> yeah, a big fat fucking security guard. That's God. how that always. And works, he was though. huge. Yeah, yeah. I know what a strip, he was. Def- I know what a strip club security guard looks like. Man. They're all the same. In New Orleans, they're not the same. <laughs> really? They're, they're tall and gravied. <laughs> <laughs> all the boot ends gone to my fan fan. You know what I'm talking about, man? <laughs> yeah, I go through the Popeyes drive through. I said, uh, "They go, what do you want to drink?" I said, "A large gravy," and they give it to me. <laughs> Dude, it'd be so easy to be a big fat fuck in New Orleans. I was just there. That I it's, ate an eight pound sandwich last week down there. I saw that. It was a muffaletta. It's a big fucking hubcap piece of bread, and that thing was stocked full. It's one sandwich. It was fourteen bucks, and it had alligator, fried crawfish, fried catfish. Fried oysters, fried clams, fried shrimp, fried stuff to the fucking gills. That, that shit weighed like eight pounds. The I, dude came out and goes, "Hey, you know they're huge, right? We sell a half size." And I was like, "Nah, give me the whole. I get you could you could be the fattest fuck of all time in New Orleans. It's the easiest place." Did you place. eat the whole thing? Yeah, you know I did. I know you did. I don't eat carbs hey, a lot. Man, I, was listen, like I saw that fucking hard, picture, dude. Oh, I was like, like "How did you get a McChicken that size?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it had the same toppings like that shredded lettuce, mayonnaise, and a shit ass tomatoes. Oh man, uh, it was a was lot good. of fun. But anyway, so right after that interview, it cuts to John Wayne Gacy singing in the prison choir with everybody else. They take a long film, start talking about the prison's Christmas. Well, it was not a happy Christmas for John Wayne Gacy. I mean, he's having a great time in prison. But as soon as Christmas morning rolls around, the ghost of Brandy's past finally comes for John Sr. In the form of cirrhosis of the liver. Christmas morning, he passed away, and all John Wayne could think is that it was his fault. The shame of him being a pedophile finally killed his father. Then gay old Gacy starts beating up homosexuals in prison. This is when the rage starts to come out. He's super mad that his dad died. In fact, he starts using slurs with all the inmates, calling them fags, calling them queers, starting problems with people just because they're effeminate. And he's super effeminate. I mean, if you've seen him before, he's got a double chin, a mustache, and he just talks like this. Yeah, I'm just having such a good time out here in prison. And then he is walking to his cell one time and he sees two gentlemen going at it respectably, mouth to dick, and kicks the mouth one right in the face and then leaves. Storms off to his cell. Not gay. 
definitely gay. He only served 16 months of a 10-year sentence for good behavior. That must have been some real good behavior if you catch my drift. He was servicing the judge, servicing the guards, servicing the guards' friends, servicing the prisoners, servicing the cooks, servicing the police officers that arrest him, servicing the JCs. He just sucked his way out of jail is how I feel about it. Maybe. I don't think he was gay. Okay, man. <laughs> you can keep going with that. <laughs> he never had contact with Marlin or his children ever again. They left him and he just let him go. He ended up going back to Chicago after prison all by himself. He went back, moved in with his mom. Dad had just passed away. Sisters had moved out. He became a short order cook, exactly what he was doing in prison. Everyone is proud of what he's doing because he's super motivated. He's working at two different restaurants and busting his ass around the clock. I mean, he's working day shift, night shift, barely sleeping, and he saved enough money to open his own contracting company called Painting, Decorating, and Maintenance, more commonly known as PDM. 1971, he's accumulated enough wealth to move him and his mom into a super nice ranch house in Chicago. Doing it, hustling, grinding, getting to the top of the game, making his dead dad proud as hell. Juicy J, Chicago style. <laughs> you know we're going to get these stacks and get these racks and buy a house for me and mom and get some snacks. That's a fact. John Wayne Gacy, mom is tasty. We got our own placey on the west side. It's the Gacy's. Hey, y'all remember rap snacks? Man, they're still around. What's to remember? They got new rappers almost every year on them. They're delicious. Rap snacks. He begins dating divorcee Carol Hoff. And she was actually a high school friend of Gacy. And Gacy was pretty straight up with her. He told her that he went to jail for sodomy with a young kid. He also told her that he's a bisexual man. He said that he likes men. He likes women. He likes her at the time, so she's fine with it. I would assume that decision was also heavily influenced by the fact recently divorced, two daughters, on welfare. Gacy's doing pretty good for himself. Easy decision. You know what I'm saying? You can overlook the fact that he also likes to have sex with dudes. If he's going to provide for you, you don't have anything going on, you know, in the, we're talking about the seventies. Now it still wasn't exactly a female friendly workplace. I mean, it barely is today. So you don't have a lot of chances to go out as a single woman and earn a good living uneducated for you and two children. Well, not only I mean? that psychology was in its infancy yes. where you could just go, Oh, well, he's a changed man. People change. Right. That's true. Whenever you, uh, when you're fucking kids and that's like a thing, that's there's way much more than that there. Way much more than that there. Yep, there's a lot. There's a lot. Okay. Just <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, you know, so that that's the issue at hand is that like I said, it's in the infancy. Nobody really knows anything about pedophiles, but the difference is with him is that he's not just a pedophile. He's punishing fucking young boys, man. Punishing him. Not yet, you dumb drunk fuck. He's punishing him, man. Okay, buddy. <laughs> He's punishing him. So her two girls immediately start calling him daddy. And I guess 
from all accounts, he's a pretty good stepdad. Like Buddy here, great stepdad. Came into two kids that weren't his, doing a great job raising them. Kids love him. And again, she's coming from a place she was recently divorced on welfare. That's a bad look for a single female product of divorce in the 1970s. John Wayne Gacy is a great catch for her in her mind. Only lasts honeymoon style about seven months. Marriage starts being rough. His family notices that they have more of a friendship than a marriage. January 2nd, 1972, John Wayne goes and picks up 16-year-old Tim McCoy from a train station under the premise that he wants to show young Tim all the Chicago sights, sausages, pizzas, <laughs> baseball, old style, Ooh. and butt-fucking an adult. Punishing. <laughs> they go back to the Gacy townhouse for sex. And then out of nowhere, John Wayne stabs him in the chest with a kitchen knife. Which is the beginning of the Crawl Space Graveyard. And I don't think this was planned at all. I think he went back with this young man, had sex with him, and then thought about the last time that happened, all the trouble it caused, going to prison. He was terribly ashamed. He thought he killed his dad. He ruined the image that he carefully crafted. All that work with the Gacy's. Jaycees. Gacy Jaycee. All the work with that organization, all the work at KFC, his whole family before, his wife, his kids, and his father. He ruined the entire thing by giving in to his lust for young boys, felt the same way, and figured that this kid was going to leave the house, do the same thing again, tell somebody, and take it all away from him again. Which is not like they're taking away his family from him, they're taking away the image that he's building for himself within the community. And that is the most important thing to John Wayne Gacy. So he grabs a kitchen knife, stabs the kid out of nowhere, buries him in the crawl space. Wow. Does he come? Oh, yeah. He fucked the kid already. And after he buries the kid in the crawl space, within three hours, he's talking to his new wife again. No problem. Calm and cool. Collected. I'm sorry. They're dating at this time. Calm and cool. Collected. He doesn't have any spike in adrenaline. He doesn't have any feeling of fight or flight. He's not nervous. He's not paranoid. Cool as a cucumber. Business as usual. Now he knows he can kill somebody. Now he knows he likes it. It gives him, I mean, think about it. He's power hungry. He wants to make himself the best at everything. He wants to be in charge of everything. He wants to be the man. And what better way to be in control of somebody than to fucking murder him? You know what I'm saying? Yep. And he's found it. And he's cool as a cucumber about it. So everything has fallen into place for the shit that really gets John Wayne Gacy off. Seven months later, he marries Carol. His mom moves out of the ranch house. Her and the kids move in. Shit starts going downhill with him and his wife. Again, they're more friends than they are lovers, you know? They've only been married for a short while. July 31st, 1979, it's all over, baby. They get a divorce. Gacy's living alone. Wait, I fucked that up so bad. I've been drinking. 
Not 79. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. They're still married. Let me do it all over again. I've been drinking. You've been drinking. I'm looking at your face. I blew it. Sometimes that happens, podcast world. Rewind a second. Things aren't going great with his wife, okay? Now, again, product of welfare. He's taking care of the kids. That's all great for her. A lot of things are getting overlooked. July 31st, 1975, she's gone. John Wayne has the house alone. John Wayne invites over a young man named John Budkovich. He's 16 years old. He works for Gacy's contracting company. He wants to bring him over. He tells him they're going to have a good-ass time. He's going to buy him beers illegally. They're just going to hang out, maybe make a fire, maybe watch the movies. They're going to make a fucking fire. Oh, yeah, lots of friction. He brings him in the house, tells him to come in. He wants to show him something. His dick. Definitely his dick. (laughs) Hey, John, you ever seen a magic trick before? John's like, I don't know. i never seen a magic trick before. You want to see one? Yeah, I want to see a magic trick. Okay, check it out. He produces a pair of handcuffs. Says, stick your hands behind your back. Locks the handcuff around his hands. He says, try to get out of them. John Budkovich tries to start slipping out of the handcuffs and can't. He says, well... What's the trick, Gacy? What's the plan here? What, what are you going to show me? He says, hmm, you like tricks? He says, yeah, I like tricks. He goes, well, ta-da! Pulls the key out and says, the trick is you can only get out with the key. Throws the key across the room. Then attacks John Budkovich. Gags him with his own underwear. God damn. How terrible would that be? I've been wearing this underwear since six o'clock this morning, I drove an hour in them, worked an entire day in a restaurant in them, pooped three times, farted countless times. Oh, yeah, you did. Countless. Drove back home, had dinner, got in my car, drove an hour to get here. Imagine someone cramming those in your mouth and then fucking you relentlessly for hours sexual torture god damn it god then john wayne takes a rope from behind him wraps it around his neck and on both sides starts tightening the rope like you would riding a motorcycle turning it turning it turning it making a tourniquet a noose on both sides he's sticking a uh, a stick in the middle of it nope using his hands right now Squeezes it, squeezes it, squeezes it, just keeps turning, turning, turning until he passes out and dies. Number two. Found his way. John Wayne Gacy. That's it for episode one. Pretty good. It's pretty, uh, yeah. We're going somewhere. He's one of my favorite serial killers as far as, not favorites in, as a human being, but just as far weird as, dude. Right. So when we say favorite, what we mean is we're very interested in this type of individual. As far as his mind. Psychopath. So many murders. If you've seen any interviews with John Wayne Gacy, no remorse. Doesn't even think about the fact that he murdered kids, only thinks about that he got his way. He has a one-track mind. Getting John Wayne Gacy taken care of. Interesting study. 
and we're going to get thick into it. I'm not exactly sure how many episodes it's going to take. Again, we've done two murders now, gone through his entire young life up until middle adulthood, established that he had a rough growing up, terrible. Father beat him, beat the rest of the kids, terrible drunk, confused sexuality, sickly kid, off to adulthood, cravings to be in charge all the time, cravings for uh, shunned sexuality in that community. Gives into his urges, commits a couple murders. Can't wait to look into his full psychosis next week. You with me? Yeah, dude. Death Metal Dicks fans, you know exactly how we do this every single week. We like to compare gruesome true crimes with gnarly death metal songs. This week we chose Gorotted to Catch a Killer, which has got some John Wayne Gacy samples on it. The song is all about catching John Wayne Gacy. Well, not the whole thing. Okay. It's several different killers, sure. but it starts out with John Wayne. Yeah, okay, right, right, right. A little John Wayne Gacy in there. You'll hear the track at the beginning. You'll hear a little bit of the track at the end. Enjoy that. Download it. You can see exactly why we got this idea, especially for the first episode, getting into John Wayne Gacy. We talked about our patrons at the top of the episode. We got so many to thank. We thank you guys so much for donating money to us. Big Matt Mess, Ryan Parker, old Bobby Henderson, the Bradshaws. Mm, love them. Love everybody. Great groups of people that have gone out of their way to give us money for what we do because they appreciate the product and we love you for that. Hey, I wanted to choose acid bath finger paintings of the insane because yeah. that's, but they, I mean, there's nothing we can find. Can I be controversial here for a second? And tell you, I really don't like acid bath. Well, that's your loss. I'm just, you know, that whole thing. It, I've okay. I had a time period getting high, smoking a lot of weed, where I could ride with some. I'm over it. High pitched squealing. That's the bath. Is they're rapping? That dude raps. Yes, he is. He raps for sure. Raps that Dax Rick guy. Have you ever listened to any of his solo stuff? Yeah, the worst. Worst of the worst. Are you, talk, are you talking about just like Dax, Dax Briggs? Dax Riggs, yes. Okay. Well, yeah, that shit sucks. But plus Azabeth, I'm not with the culture. It's, I, there's so much stuff. We live in a southern state. I'm not from here originally. Everyone loves it. It's just the, I'm not with it, man. I'm not with any of it. I'm not going to say any names right now, but as far as that chuggy, sludgy, fucking, it's not for me. It's not for me. I don't know. I don't like being high on cough syrup. It's just not for me, man. Are you talking about weed eater? Uh, yeah, that, I don't like weed eater that much. I like it. I yeah, I'm just not. I mean, I I'm get not that. With the I movement. get that. I'm I not with that. the movement. That I'm not. I don't. Asabat's not that great, man. Let's be real. No. Let's be honest for a minute mm-hmm. right now. They're not that fucking great, dude. You're a fucking idiot. No, I'm not. It's just not that good. It's, <laughs> it's just not great. that good. It's not it's that good. good. It's not it's that good. good. It's, it's good. not that good. It's not that good. It's good to you. But Not give it you. some time. Yeah, because it's I've given it whack. a time. It's I'm, whack. No. You got a cradle of filth patch. It's whack. Dude. Whack. <laughs> Not all cradle of filth is good. Whack. All Asabeth is good. Whack. <laughs> they got like two albums in there. Whack. <laughs> I went back. Somebody like leaked it to YouTube not that long ago. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Let me get this until the Kaishin pops. I'm not. I'm just not into it. There's bands around here. 
that have surely imitated that sound. Yeah. I'm not with that culture. It's not for me. It's not that good. There's no culture. It's just good music. It, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not for me, man. Not for me, dude. I'm not with it. Okay. Well, whatever. If I got to listen to some like slow, heavy reefer tunes, I'll listen to Yob. But yeah. I also just won't listen to it. <laughs> it's just not for me, man. I got you, man. I got you. Yeah. I think, yeah, I get it. Yeah. You just need more gravy. No, it's not even gravy, dude. It's just weed and shit. I'm with weed. It's just so repetitive and boring and stupid. It's not for me. All right. I feel like it's just ingrained within your DNA to like shit like that. It's good. I mean, I feel like you can feel my wavelengths without seeing any saying any names, but there's a particular institution from like our direct area that's like well known specifically within our direct area. I think it's god awful. And I've, I prof- I've professed to enjoy it before, but you know what? It stinks. <laughs> and they're a byproduct to Acid Bath, who I think also stinks. I'm just not into it, man. No. Slow, I, I know what you're talking about. Sugar luggy fucking. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Stop it. It's gross. It's not good. It's never been good. You've been screaming and squealing and squalling and then bringing in extra people to scream and squall. No, stop. Everybody just quit listening to this shit. (laughs) They're like, man, wow, Chris is real opinionated and he has terrible taste. Nah, dude, I don't care if you like acid bath. That's cool. You could be with that type of movement. It's just, it's not good. We we got to stop here. That's, I'm ready to stop. I'm with it. We thank the patrons. We talked about the song. We got John Wayne Gacy part one on the (laughs) rap. Slowed fucking southern metal. Some of it's all right. Some of it just kind of fucking eats ass. Crozier Conformity. That's a great, good band. Crowbar. Yeah. Very good. Very. very good. Yeah, we can agree on that. Uh, X Order. Fuck yeah. Incredible. Tremendous. Pantera. Um, there's so many good, slow southern bands, but there's so many absolute, low tier, dog shit southern bands. As the best one of them. I don't know why there's such a big fucking mystique deal about him. The guy raps. With the good side with the sun of the Oh, cool. <laughs> it's more fun than it's upsetting you. When's the last time you listened to it? I mean, I bought a fucking album not that long ago. And you listened to the whole thing? Whole thing. It stinks. What are you doing? You need a helmet. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not God good. Damn, you're. Dumb. You don't even get high. I just. It's whack. But you see, at what age did you hear acid bath and think I gotta like this? I was in high school. Yeah, man. It's an Arkansas, Louisiana institution. If you're in this area, you have to like it. I'm not in this area. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Crowbar though, man. That's good. Yeah. COC, that's good. What else is like a Louisiana ripper that I'm into? Go whore. <sighs> you don't like go whore? I like them, but they're not that great, man. Let's be uh, real. Let's be real for a minute. We got to stop. <laughs> we got to stop. <laughs> way better than Acid Bath for sure. So in the green, way better than Acid Bath. Way better. I mean, it's the, I mean, I, it's I, a way better. Go to is way better than Acid Bath, and they're not that great. We got to stop. We got to stop. All right, we're done. We're out of here. Eat my ass, America. We'll talk to you next time about John Wigazzi. I think everyone rides with me. If you like acid bath, tell somebody. Tell us. Do you like acid bath or not? Are they overhyped? Is it too much? Is it just that goofy 
Reefer Metal. I feel like that wave is done. We're on Black Metal now, right? That's where we're at. I love Black Metal. Yeah, but we're riding the Black Metal wave. People are done with Goofy Stoner Metal. What I like is finally cool. Let's get out of here. Eat my ass. America. See you next week. John Wayne Gates Part 2. I'm stoked.